You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. It's Tuesday, so it's time for It's My Wealth with Brentus Wealth Management. And from that institution today is Johan Berger. Now, you sent me an, an email earlier today, Johan, and you said almost apologetically, you said, I realize I have chatted about this before, but it's a very relevant topic. What is the topic? Please tell us what you want to impart to us at the moment. Yeah, at this point in time, a lot of South Africans with with large amount of pension money pretty much stuck in South Africa, and they're very concerned about rules and regulations, how they are allowed to invest that type of money in South Africa. To just give a brief summary, pension money or pre-retirement money uh, will have to adhere to Regulation 28. And what that basically means is you're only allowed to invest 30% offshore. Now, just also to give some background on the bad or the implications from that, if we take the JSD, um, let's say the last five years, roughly 500 billion um, rand have left um, South Africa. So that's a concern. Listings on our JSE have declined and, and a lot of companies have left the JSE. Now, all of that m- meant that the last year, the All Share Index had a 0% return. And then if we take the three-year figure total return, minus 4% and the total return for a five-year period, only 47 And the ultimate impact of all of this, um, investments in South Africa um, in equities have not beaten um, inflation. And ultimately, um, investors and retirees can't, can't retire when they want to all with the type of capital they almost thought they will have in order to retire comfortable. Are you then, I mean, this isn't part of this discussion, but are you then saying that because of what all the conditions that you just described, in other words, the JSE not performing or domestic JSE stocks not performing as well as their overseas peers, also the shrinking universe on the JSE because of the delistings means that the regulation 28 percentage of 30% is not keeping up with market conditions. Yeah, it's actually bizarre, and we as advisors um, chat about this all the time. It's um, pre-retirement when investors are fairly young, um, they are not allowed to invest 100% in equities or 100% offshore um, to retirement. And in a way, when clients tend to and in a way have to preserve their capital, then there are no regulations and you can invest 100% offshore. And we feel as advisors... It should almost be the opposite where pre-retirement you should be able to take risks because you have a, a longer-term view. Um, but it's not just the JSC. Um, and I'm very – I hope that things will change in South Africa. But from a political point of view and an economic point of view, things are quite challenging uh, currently in South Africa. Um, and I'm not even referring to COVID-19 scenarios. Um, that's just icing on the cake. Um, but yeah, it's very, very difficult to make money um, and get and generate growth in South Africa. So that's the one aspect. The other aspect is we do see a declining of the rand for the last couple of years, and it it will probably continue to happen. And that's also a reason where investors should look to increase their offshore portfolio because a lot of investors. 
they will look at their balance sheet in South Africa, but they sometimes forget they have property, they have farms, they have money market instruments. And if you take the total asset allocation per investor, if they, let's say they do have the 30% offshore in their pension money, as a percentage of the total total asset base, it actually represents a very, very small amount um, and therefore investors should look for alternatives to increase that um, offshore exposure. Okay, let's go back to some of the products that you can avail yourself of. Now, some products such as retirement annuities, you say, and preservation funds have to adhere by Reg 28. What does this mean? Well, you've already described that. Also, some companies, you go on to say, in a living annuity only allows 30% offshore. What options should investors consider? That's a sort of a general question. You've answered it to a certain extent, but just carry on from there, if you would. Yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna touch a little bit on the first one with the retirement annuities and preservation funds. So sometimes clients are, for example, let's use retirement annuities as an example, pre um, age fifty five. So before the age of fifty five, there's actually not much they can do um, because the money is fixed until the age of fifty five. So from their point of view, get the maximum of thirty percent offshore. A methodology currently we use at Branches, we try um, and increase the 70% into more income funds because we're not very bullish on South African equities. And once again, we hope things do change in South Africa. And once they do, we will increase South African equities. Um, But And for clients over the age of 55, and there are very different aspects to consider, but they must consider because to retire from those funds because you can have more than 30% in a living annuity. The negative aspect is you will have to take income from a living annuity. And if you're still working and generating an income, that will form part of your taxable income. So do speak to an advisor to, to provide all the pros and cons for both options. But that is definitely one way to increase your offshore. And then... I do get a lot of investors that indicate to me they do have a living annuity, which according to us and the companies we use, you can go 100% offshore and we do it on a daily basis. But the specific living annuities they are in, some companies only provide or allow a certain amount, for example, 30%. And one way to move that living annuity to, for example, a platform where you can get more than 30% is through a Section 37 transfer. There are no costs involved. You can do that. And then you can go onto a platform where you can get um, a larger um, percentage exposure to, to offshore assets. Once again, one if your risk profile, your age, etc., indicates that you are comfortable to do that. But I think a lot of clients should consider that. The last thing that you sent me, a lot of these questions have been answered. It almost encapsulates, the next week questions sort of encapsulate what you've just said in the last few minutes. But anyway, you say, for people taking money directly offshore, what are the reasons? We know that. You've covered it. What is the process? Well, we've sort of touched on that. But the last point is what interests me. What is your current methodology in terms of asset allocation offshore? Because offshore is massive. I mean, look at the burgeoning securities market and uh, stock markets in Asia, Southeast Asia and China. 
then you've got the United States of America. I mean, you could have a whole team of people. You could employ 10 people at Brenthurst Wealth now and give each one a geography and come up with different asset allocations, different securities within those asset allocations, and it could go on and on and on. But what do you – I mean, you can't do that because you're on a massive firm. But what is your asset allocation stance at the moment? Lindsay, you're 100% correct. I mean, if you if you come to or let's go to any particular advisor and they indicate to you that they've done a due diligence in the whole market, all the funds in the market, there are thousands of funds. I mean, literally, that is impossible. Um, as a firm, the best you can do is, in a way, to go to the top guys and then, in a way, go through all the funds and, and do proper due diligence and, in a way, create a short list of themes that you do like, and that is in terms of the methodology. Like, for example, we're still bullish on technology. Um, that's the one thing that's going to keep on changing um, year by year, and we see it the last, and we've seen it the last couple of years. So technology, but um, it has done quite well, so one must be careful from a valuation point of view. Healthcare is another theme that we do like. Um, you do get brilliant healthcare funds, and biotechnology, for example, is another one. Um, fourth, industrial revolution funds, where we invest in new things that's going to happen in the next couple of years. So all those themes are, are very important. Also make sure if you invest and make sure you have exposure to a fund manager, whether it's a uh, ETF or exchange traded fund where you can get exposure just not to one specific area. For example, uh, where the fund manager can make active asset allocation changes across different um, geographical areas. That's another aspect what um, investors should consider. And then clients, sometimes clients are saying, well, I would like to invest offshore. I would like to take advantage of rent weakening. Um, but I don't want to go full on equities. Um, and certain clients do like a percentage of their portfolios to be in very conservative asset classes. Now, interest rates, inflation, et cetera, are very, very low at this point in time. So those particular funds will not shoot the lights out. You're not going to get north of 5 or 10% annualized um, returns. Um, the objective of those particular funds are to preserve capital, maybe get in the region of 3 to 5% on an annualized basis in US dollar terms. And in a way, very, very good if you compare what you are getting in a, in a bank. In most cases, you will probably pay money to, to keep your money in a bank. And obviously, inflation um, overseas or in first world countries currently are very, very low. Okay. It's been an illuminating chat, but if you could just, in one paragraph, sum up what you've just said. Yeah, I think um, uh, us as South Africans, we love our country, but um, we represent less than 1% of world economy. So from our point of view, make sure you have enough offshore exposure. It's not just the case that the rent will weaken because anything can happen, but it's more important to get exposure to asset classes and companies not available in South Africa. And if you want to go directly offshore, do it for the right reasons. Make sure it's a longer-term view. Um, and to sum everything up, um, do a 
proper balance sheet and make sure how much as a percentage do I have really offshore and and everybody will realize um, it's actually a quite a small percentage of of my total assets. Johan, thanks so much for your insight. That's Johan Berger from Brentes Wealth and that was It's My Money. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organization, employer or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.